Welcome to episode number 286 of Destination Linux, a Tux digital podcast. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Ryan. I'm Jill. And I'm Michael. On this week's episode of Destination Linux, we're going to be bringing hardware addicts to DL. That's right. We're going to be giving you geek chills with all of the new hardware offerings out there in the Linux space. It's quite amazing. There is a ton of hardware that's just released. Plus, we have a special guest that's going to jump on to talk about it, too. So you don't want to miss that. Then we're going to be discussing Darktable's latest release. And you'll also hear from a special guest there as well. This is like a special guest hardware addict deal mashup amazingness is yeah. coming. Plus, we have tips, tricks, and software picks. All of this coming up right now on Destination Linux. So this week's feedback comes from TJ. And if you want to send in your own feedback, you can go to tuxdigital.com slash contact to get in touch. Or you can join the Tux Digital community forum by going to tuxdigital.com and clicking on the forum link at the top of the page. So TJ goes on to say, apparently the Dev1 hardware is based upon the HP EliteBook 845G8. They go on to link a Wikipedia article supporting that. This is good news as EliteBook line, it pertains to the HP Dragonfly from HP, is in my honest opinion, the only line of laptops from HP that's worth owning. And I have to agree here. I have the Elite Dragonfly. It's one of my favorite laptops, period. I'm not talking about like my favorite laptop in the HP line. I mean, it's one of my favorite laptops ever. It is absolutely beautiful magnesium frame, amazing glass pad, 4K screen. It's just got all of the things you want in a really good laptop. It's very solidly made. It's just awesome. So the fact that this comes from that similar line or family is quite amazing. And I appreciate you pointing it out. They go on to say, my family currently owns and uses four of these ranging from six to 10 year olds, and they still work great. Pretty much the only weakness I've seen is in the keyboards, which might have to be replaced after eight years, depending on the rate of kids crumbs entering the keys. I mean, I think that would go for any keyboard probably because the kid crumb thing is Rob. is real. Like kids, if you have them, they get crumbs everywhere. I don't know much about the battery life. Don't really use them much unplugged. The, the battery life on the Dragonfly is insane, by the way. Uh, but the Dev1 probably is above average in performance, giving it's using an AMD processor and integrated graphics. I've actually heard with this particular laptop that that's not necessarily the case. There's people who... Uh, are doing reviews on this laptop that aren't getting very good battery life with it. So I'm not quite sure what that is, but um, they go on to say, I believe the Leapbook line is a good one because at least initially laptops were mil STD 810 ruggedness certified, meaning the engineers were in control of the specs rather than the bean counters. So an Elitebook is a good option if you want to buy a solid used laptop, similarly quality to ThinkPads that they've used in the past, plenty full on eBay because they still work. I would therefore expect the Dev1 to give many years of service under constant use. I hope this helps, TJ. So this is interesting because in addition to the HP Dragonfly, I have an H... Well, I don't actually have an HP Dragonfly, but Ryan has one of those. I have an HP Envy X360, and I'm a big fan of this laptop. The battery life is fantastic for my use case, and the touchscreen with the art stylus support is very good for my knees, and overall, it's a great laptop. So here it is right here, Ooh, and you can see the, the uh, director mode on the laptop because I currently am using it for the stream. Uh, there is one caveat with this particular laptop, and that is the uh, right control is non-existent on this keyboard. Instead, they have decided to put a fingerprint scanner that I will 
never use. So that part is kind of annoying to me, but that's the only thing that actually bothers me about this laptop. I mean, I didn't even realize how much I used the right control until I didn't have it with the laptop, but it turns out I do it all the time. Uh, but other than that, single issue, I am a big fan of this laptop and it is great for what I need it for. The X360 line is an, also an amazing line in HP and HP gets a bad rap and deservedly so, frankly. They went through a series of really bad hardware for a while, but all hardware manufacturers have in the past kind of had that run where they just release, you know, some bean counter gets in there and they just release kind of junky uh, laptops or try to go cheap. But HP's higher end line has absolutely gone through a complete reinvention of itself. And the X360 is a perfect example of that. Again, all magnesium case, glass track pads, really good screens, great keyboards, good speakers. Although I hate when they use the Wolf and Olfsen or whatever it's called, Bio and Olfsen or mm. whatever that thing, Bang, Bang and, and Olfsen. Yeah, that nonsense. Yeah. I hate that because the amplifier doesn't work in Linux. So if you get any laptop that has Bang and Olfsen speakers in it, there's an amplifier that powers the two speakers and it doesn't engage in any distro at all. And so that creates an issue where if you pick one of those up, your sound quality in Linux is terrible uh, considering the speakers are okay. It's just, there's no driver for it. So they need to fix that. But otherwise HP does have some great ones in there. And I see people's pictures with the dev one all over Twitter and mm -hmm. things like that. It looks like a really pretty laptop. It looks awesome. And I actually have an older Elite Book in my collection as well that's still ticking along. It's one of the first generation uh, four core um, Intels, and it still works beautifully, actually. And I just want to thank uh, TJ for reaching out to us. The community feedback we received last week HP Dev One not being enterprise class. And since it's part of the HP Elite Book line, it is enterprise class. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've given feedback of some things we'd like to see, and I think this new laptop lineup we're about to cover when we get into the main story of what other companies are releasing is kind of going to solidify what I think the next version of this Dev One should have in it to make it just an absolute destroyer of all other laptops out there because it's very mm -hmm. close. There's some really cool stuff that they did, a little more things they could do to tweak it to make it even better, but I just love the fact we've got hardware out there that comes with Linux on it. At the end of the day, that's what's important. And also something else that's, that's important is DigitalOcean, because this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by DigitalOcean. Get started right now by going to do.co slash tux2022. Cloud computing can be, let's say, complex, but standing up reliable, affordable cloud infrastructure really doesn't have to be. At DigitalOcean, you can enjoy a comprehensive portfolio of compute, storage, database, and networking products that put your cloud infrastructure in capable hands so you and your teams can get back to doing what matters most, building world-changing apps that grow your business. With DigitalOcean, you also get predictable pricing, a robust product docs, and services that developers love. That's DigitalOcean. Plus, DigitalOcean gives you uh, support at every stage of growth, whether you have a team of one person or of a team of a thousand people. With DigitalOcean, you get simple, powerful cloud computing with their awesome cloud platform. And as a listener of the Destination Linux podcast and a member of the Tux Digital community, you can get started for free. In fact, it's even better than that because you can get started with a $100 free credit that DigitalOcean is giving you when you sign up at do.co slash tux2022. That's do.co slash tux2022. 
2022. So again, go get started with your $100 free credit on DigitalOcean's awesome cloud platform and check out all the really awesome one-click droplets you can do in the marketplace by going to do.co slash tux2022. I want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. You know what else you can do with DigitalOcean, Michael? You can annoy Michael with DigitalOcean. So what I like to do, everyone, (laughs) is set up random services on DigitalOcean because it's so simple and easy to manage. I will spin up some service, make Michael test it with me because that's what you have to do when you're my friend, and force him to play in these playgrounds of things like Snicket, which he absolutely Ah. adores and has so much fun with because I can spin up servers in an instant with DigitalOcean. And I was able to do that yesterday and bother Michael not only during a show, but afterwards as well. And to me, I could do that because of how simple DigitalOcean makes everything. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great pitch. He did annoy me quite a bit. And we actually together worked on making sure the DNS worked for the thing that he was annoying me with. Now, unfortunately, I didn't know what I was helping him fix until we fixed it. Well, if I told you ahead uh, of time, you would have said no. (laughs) But I got him to help me fix this DNS problem I was running into. And then he was tortured with the server that I randomly set up and bothered him with all day long. Because it's a messaging platform that would ding his phone and his computer. And everything. (laughs) Disable notifications after a while. It's like, I'm editing, Ryan. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the power of DO. I could spin up a cloud service in seconds. And I love it. What a great pitch right there. (laughs) You can annoy Michael too. Go to do.co slash tux2022 and you have $100 to spend on servers to bother Michael with. Sure. So this week we're bringing Hardware Addicts into DL. And if you're not a subscriber to Hardware Addicts, you need to be because you got me, Michael, and Wendy do a podcast all about hardware. But we're bringing into Destination Linux because there is so much Linux hardware out there now that we couldn't just not cover all of it on this segment. We have to have a whole segment to cover just the new laptops that are released. I'm not talking about all the stuff that's already out there. This is all brand new things that's coming to the market. It's quite amazing. And frankly, it's at a perfect time because personally, I've been so sick and tired. I just, you know, you go through these phases in your Linux growth where you stop wanting to tweak things or you stop wanting to distro hop after a certain amount of years and things. Well, not everybody, but at least I've gone through those phases. I know I have, but I'm shocked that you have. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, maybe I haven't got to that phase yet. But one phase I'm getting to is I'm sick of tweaking hardware to work in Linux. Like I don't want to buy a random HP or Dell or Lenovo off the shelf and then have to go figigure out why Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or some other thing doesn't function right. I just want to buy something with Linux on it. And I love that they install Windows on a lot of these machines because Windows is great operating system to boot Linux and replace it with. (laughs) But I just want Linux there to begin with. So I love that we (laughs) finally have these offerings where I don't even have to worry about that anymore. I can just go out there, buy a laptop and have Linux on it. And the laptop with really good hardware, I don't have to compromise and, and just get low-end laptops or things with Linux. I can get some really high-end, powerful machines now. And so we're going to go through some of the lineup that's out there and get you all drooling. So Mm -hmm. to kind of set the stage here with a couple of these, I'm not going to go through all of the specs because that would kind of be boring for me to just read specs, but we're going to dig into a couple of these. We've got Star Labs, and they have their new Starfighter laptop, an upcoming Mm -hmm. 15.6-inch Linux laptop that has a 10-bit 
matte 4K IPS 16 by 9 display. If none of those numbers mean anything to you, then you definitely need to subscribe to Hardware Addicts because we go into things like that, explaining what those numbers mean and why they're important for you. 64 gigabytes of RAM if you want, two terabytes of storage, 45 watt AMD or Intel processor, which I think is really cool. So you get a choice there. And 18 to 14 hours of battery life built in Iris or Radeon, but no discrete graphics. So that one is a really, really beautiful machine, the Starfighter. Then we've got the System 76. They've just announced their new Lemur Pro laptop model that's now offering the 12th gen Alder Lake Intel with an i5 or i7. It's got the 1920 by 1080, though. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We got the Tuxedo Pulse, which is the Gen 2 AMD Ryzen 7 5700U with the 15.6 inch 2560 by 1440 at 165 hertz screen and up to 18 hours of battery life, which is pretty awesome. We have the KDE Slimbook, which has a new Gen 4 out with also the AMD Ryzen, but a 1920 by 1080 resolution. And we have the Slimbook Executive, which looks really awesome here, that's releasing, which is a 14 inch and a 16 inch option. You have an RTX 3050 Ti in here, so you have some discrete graphics. 3K resolution on this, 16 by 10 anti-glare, 400 nits and a 90 hertz refresh rate. Pretty awesome and all kinds of other stuff in there. Those are just kind of high level, some of the machines that we're gonna talk about. But one of the most important ones in my mind is the Framework laptop, fully modular, fully upgradable laptop. And they have a new version out. It's the 12th gen Intel. And the best part of this is because the laptop's fully modular, if you already have a Frameworks laptop with the 11th gen, guess what? You just pull that piece out and put your 12th gen in and the screen and everything else, you don't have to rebuy the whole laptop. That's what makes Frameworks so amazing. And no 1920 by 1080 here, we got a 2254 by 1504 and expansion slots and all kinds of cool stuff, which we'll dig into. But I guess we'll start here. Michael, out of all of these machines, it would take too long to read the specs on just everything. People can go check them out. We'll have links in the show notes. Which ones gathered your attention the most? Being on Hardware Addicts for as long as you have now as a Padawan, I think you're ready to be able to make a good Aww. hardware pick here. Yes, he is. I think you're finally ready. <laughs> you're Thanks, ready. Brian. I appreciate that vote of yes. confidence. Yes. So. I, I'm most interested in the framework because of the modularity. I mean, it's not the most powerful of all these options, but it is the most interesting to me because of all of the cool stuff that you can do and be able to switch every component out, even the entire motherboard if you need to. And that is just fantastic. Now, there are other options. I think the Star Labs uh, Starfighter looks really interesting. I'm not sure if it's the last Starfighter. Or not? Ah, but, um, cute reference. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite movies. <laughs> uh, but I'm also, I'm kind of torn between the Star Lab Starfighter and the Tuxedo Pulse. I think both of those are very interesting laptops. So if I had to choose, I would say that I have more of like a top three of these options right now. And uh, But I'm more leaning towards the framework because of the flexibility that it offers. That's just super interesting. I think what's cool about the framework is they've done something that none of these other laptops can claim. And repairability is a big deal. And yeah. we have lost that in this industry. And frameworks doing what they have makes them in a completely unique category, unique from any other laptop, no matter what they're saying. Like the, the modularity <laughs> and ability to swap out cards. A lot of times when you order a framework, you're given the option to buy your expansion cards that you want. And if you decide today I want two USB-Cs and an HDMI on my laptop, you could do that. 
And the next day, if you decide, you know what, I need a headphone jack and I need a HDMI and I need a USB-C, you can just pull them out and switch them out as you need different ports with your expansion yeah. cards. It's awesome. This to me is a manufacturer that's not a huge manufacturer like a Dell or anybody else, but that's actually doing something different. Because what I see in the laptop world is people copy Apple, but they copy all the crappy stuff Apple does and none of the good stuff. And I mean, this is Dell, this is Lenovo, mm -hmm. this is HP. So they'll copy things like gluing or soldering parts down. They'll copy that right away, but they'll still keep a 1920 by 1080 screen that's been outdated for, I don't know, eight years now in their laptops. The other thing that companies copy from Apple, which is bad, is the removal of ports. That's the mm. other thing that they do. And, mm. and the frameworks allows you to switch in and out your ports anytime you want. So they're not copying that. If you wanted just the two USB-Cs, you could do that. But if you want a mixture of ports, you could do that as well. Yeah. Now they even have a new uh, gigabit Ethernet adapter, which I was really happy for about because now you can actually stream and broadcast on it. Yeah. <laughs> Properly wired. <laughs> My point is that they copy things that are happening with Apple, but they don't copy the good things like the good screen, the good trackpad, the good keyboard. The good, the good resolution that they're putting in it, but also the color reproduction. And they'll put really crappy nits. They'll put really crappy color reproduction on their screens. And they'll copy all that and not do any of the good stuff that Apple's doing. But Frameworks here is completely blowing away anything that anybody, even including Apple, can do because of the modularity that they're offering with the repairability, meaning they're taking risks, which is how you're going to stand out. So instead of being another company that just copies what every other company is doing that's successful, Frameworks took some risk here, and I think that should be rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I completely agree with you and uh, Michael, Ryan. Uh, my first pick also is the Framework Laptop. And one of the reasons why they have been listening to the Linux and tech community and have really spent the last year gathering feedback you know, from their early adopters to refine the product as they scale up. And I think that it's wonderful that they have dropped the prices, actually, of the first-generation framework laptops. And then you can upgrade to the latest modules for better performance whenever you'd like, which is really cool. And living up to their motto of sustainability, upgradability, and repairability. Yep. It's very important to me. And I've had my finger on that buy it now. <laughs> I've had one in my cart for a long time and I need to hit the button buy it now. <laughs> Jill, I keep putting it in my cart too and not hitting buy <laughs> because something's happening or I'm about to move. So I don't know if it'll get here in time and those things. But this is another laptop that I'm constantly wanting to get my hands on. I have found a yeah. few of them on eBay too, which I wanted to try to pick up, but I always get outbid on. Um, but they're just very exciting. But the other one that really caught my attention, and Joe, I'd love to get your pick as well, is this Starfighter. Like this Starfighter yeah. is really unique because of the fact of the 10-bit screen and the 4K mm -hmm. IPS here. I yeah. I guess we'll dig into this a little bit here. I am sick and tired of seeing 1920 by 1080 in the PC market. Like it drives me nuts. There are a couple of things I require with the laptop. Number one, I need an aluminum or magnesium frame around this machine because I don't want the indentation with the plastic and stuff. You ever type mm -hmm. on the cheap ones and your fingers yeah. kind of start going into the actual frame of the keyboard because they don't support it well. I need a glass trackpad. I need a really good screen on it. I don't want 1920 by 1080 at 60 hertz because the reason is we're in 2022 and we shouldn't be dealing with 1920 by 1080 screens anymore. Uh, I want the ability to upgrade and repair the laptop as well. 
So that's why things like the System 76, while it's great and I love we have System 76 and we have hardware there, none of their offerings actually interest me at all because they're all 1920 by 1080. They used to have some 4K offerings and hopefully their new lineups do. But currently, when we were looking through before the show this week, mm -hmm. there was not any, even their highest end laptop was 1920 by 1080. And to me, it's just not acceptable anymore in 2022. So I also want to take a quick second to, you know, clarify what we mean by the 1920 by 1080, because a lot of people are looking at, well, we don't like the resolution. But last time we talked about it, Ryan clarified that it's more about the quality of the screen itself, right? So if you have a 1920 by 1080, you're now looking at the low-end screens in the same way that a few years ago, everybody hated the idea of still getting 1366 by 768 right. because they were like just super cheap screens. So yeah. now we just have the baseline has moved up. So when you see 1920 by 1080, the resolution itself might not be bad for you in your use case, but it's the quality of the screen attached to that is what is subpar these days. And even if you have a 1440p, by uh, you know 2560 by 1440 that is an improvement with the quality of the screen typically and they also have better hertz on those screens as well so it's not really about the the resolution itself mm -hmm. it's more the quality of the screen and if they want to have a really high quality 1080p screen that's possible but just unlikely and it's much better to see a 2k screen or better because you know that that quality of the screen is going to be much, much more improved over a 1080p. And if you still want 1080p, you can just lower the resolution on your screen. You don't have to use whatever it comes with. It just yeah. shows that it's a better quality because it can do those things. This is, it, 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 I'm really glad you clarified that because it's not mm -hmm. just about 1920 by 1080. It's about the quality of the screen. And this is a way that people have trained the consumer market to look at laptops in the PC world that again is something they're not copying. Apple's had Retina for how long now? Eight, 10 years, something like that. Again, oh. they don't copy that, but it's not just the Retina, it's the it's the high nits that they put on it, but also the color reproduction of that screen as well. It's a first class screen. And the Dragonfly Elite with its 4K, I have a video out there actually showing that that's even a better screen than what the Apple has. So we're capable mm -hmm. of producing better colors, better resolution, better all the way around screens, but we've taught the consumers to only look at how many gigabytes of RAM, what kind of processor does it have inside, and how many hours does the battery life look like? And so they go and bring home this PC they got for $600, and then their friend comes over with a Mac, and then the PC just looks like complete garbage in comparison to it. And it's unfortunate because to me, it just makes the whole line of laptops look terrible from the PC market because we've taught our consumers to not look for those things. And there's a reason why, and that's because people are getting that lower cost out of it because it's coming with that cheap crap screen of 1920 by 1080 with terrible color reproduction, terrible nits, and glare all the way when you're in the sun and things like that. So we're yeah. very happy to see that the Starfighter mm -hmm. has a 4K IPS, IPS. screen. Yeah, yeah Ultra HD IPS display. That's with, what entices me to that laptop. <laughs> with 10-bit color support as well. So yeah. somebody like Wendy or Michael, where that's really important for color reproduction that they do, that's perfect for it. And it will come with an AMD or an Intel processor. I'd love that to give you the choice. really awesome. You, yep. you get choice. It's really sweet. And um, a little bit about the uh, 4K screen or Ultra HD screens and why we like them. I personally love them because I have more workspace on my screen. 
um, that, you know, having four different apps open and four different corners, the scaling of your workspace is just so much nicer. You have more multitasking ability mm-hmm. oh, yeah, with, with the 4K screen. And which I need, like I got a 4K 43-inch IPS in front of me and... Uh, it has saved my life as far as my vision goes. Yeah. It's really helped. <laughs> now, I see in the comments people mentioning that the 4K and stuff eats more battery, and that can be true. Yeah, that it's is true. It's also not 100% always the case because you can do yeah. things like 2K, right, which is that in-between, mm-hmm. and you're not going to have that eating the battery. And also the user has the proper controls over the brightness and things that they need. This isn't a problem yeah. with MacBooks, by the way. What battery lasts the longest in the industry? It's a MacBook. Yeah. You know, it gets like 18 hours of battery life. So it it can be done. It can be done. The PC market hasn't done it always well, but it can be done. You can have highly efficient screens that you can put in there and give the users the proper controls. But yes, if they keep it on full brightness the entire time at 4K, it would eat more battery. Um, Moving on to Tuxedo Pulse out there. This is an interesting one. Anybody 2560 by 1440, 165 hertz screen, sturdy magnesium case. 18 hours of battery. So here's again how you can work around this because they put a 91 watt hour battery in this. That's a huge, huge battery that they're putting in. By the way, the next hardware addicts, we're going to go into what all that battery lingo and stuff means. So you want to check that out. But they also use, I think, Clevo chassis for some of their machines here. But this one looks pretty awesome as well. I love the fact that you can get it for around $1,200. And so that's a pretty good price for that. And you get an AMD Ryzen 7 5700U. And if you're into that 15.6 inch at 2K, 18 hours of runtime, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, the the this having that resolution and also having that a much that much battery life is kind of crazy with the combination of the two. I I mean I've seen massive battery life on lower quality screens, but to have this much power and still be able to do a crazy amount, and like obviously you're you're pushing it all the way at 100, percent it's not going to be able to do that 18 hours because you know that's not possible in anything. But no. the, the, the fact that you have that, uh, that leeway and that amount of range is just crazy for a laptop. I mean, I have my laptop that I have right now uh, can last like eight or nine hours. And that is surprisingly useful to me on mm-hmm. so many occasions. To have double that is just crazy. It's absolutely amazing. And again, when they quote 18 hours, that generally means like, just doing tech stuff with a really dim screen. So you're probably not going to get the full 18, but let's say you still got 12 or 14 hours out of it. That's still pretty amazing. So, I mean, it's just a big battery that they've been able to put into that. And a lot of that has to do with the new battery technologies that are out, which again, we'll talk about on Hardware Addicts. But Michael, KDE Slimbook, it has KDE in it. It must be the one (laughs) you're going to pick hands down 100% just because it says KDE, right? So I am a fan of KDE, and I think the KDE Slim Book is a really cool idea in terms of supporting the KDE project with a laptop that's a high-end with Linux by default. However, it, it kind of disappoints me because the KDE Slim Book is made by the same company that's making the Slim Book Executive that we also have, that we talked about earlier. And I think that one is way more enticing, and I would like to see a KDE version of that one because that would be very cool, because that one has uh, a, a very powerful CPU, and it's also got a RTX 3050 Ti in the laptop. And yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so cool. And they have uh, 2K options as well for, or 3K resolution in this laptop. And 
I, I have seen that there are some reports saying that the KDE Slimbook is not using the Slimbook Executive because of the distro it's using. Apparently, doesn't have support for some of the stuff in the Executive, and I and I think that that would be just something that to go forward, I, I would absolutely love to see the KDE Slimbook be based on this particular version or you know one like it because I mean the Executive looks looks really dope. Yeah. I, that that's one of the things that attracts me to this Lumbuck is is the, it's a beautiful color. It's it's got that kind of brushed metal titanium look, which I really like. It's really pretty. Pretty. Yeah, it is a good looking laptop for sure. And their workstation class too. They're very well done. So I agree with Michael though. I think they need to take the Slimbook Executive and make it the KDE version because the Slimbook Executive is sexy hardware, man. It really is great. You got a 16 by 10 LTPS anti-glare screen, 99% sRGB, 400 nits. They could have done a little better on the nits, but that's still plenty bright. 90 hertz refresh rate. And this is what we're going to talk about in Hardware Addicts coming up this week. Because of lithium-ion polymer, you can move these batteries into different shapes and kind of fit them into case if you have good engineers and not bean counters. And they were able to stick a 99-watt-hour battery in here instead of the 53-watt-hour battery again. So that gives you that additional battery life while you're still running that 3K screen. And that's going to give you a ton of battery life. You're looking at 12 to 14 hours of battery life on this machine there. So this is a really awesome machine, and I want the Slimbook Executive to be the new KDE book, like Michael said. Then I would pick one up for sure. That would be mm -hmm. fantastic. So I think my pick, my top pick out of these, if I was to pick one, I love them all. I am so thankful to all these manufacturers for bringing these to us so that yeah. we have options. And we have options that are not on the low end. These would compete with any of the high-end Dell XPSs or Lenovo's or anything out there, which I'm happy they're making Linux laptops too, but these are some absolutely gorgeous machines, but I just can't get away from what Framework is bringing because it's truly innovative. It's truly a risk-taking move, and my next laptop 100% will be a Framework laptop. Same here, Ryan. Absolutely. That modularity and their work with the community has just been phenomenal. And I also do, I love the Star Labs uh, laptops and the Tuxedo laptops as well. And uh, both those companies are really cool because they also sell computer accessories and peripherals as well. Yep. And Tuxedo Computers actually sells the Tux Penguin plushies as well. That, that yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I have one of theirs right over there. If you want Jill to pick your laptop, make it come with a yeah. plushie. She doesn't care yeah. what the laptop looks like. Just <laughs> include a plushie with it and she's sold on it. Uh, Michael, your next laptop, if you had to pick one right now, you're going to hit buy in the cart. You have magical money, it appeared, but it's just for a laptop. Which one are you grabbing? Magical money. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's like if you had a genie that popped out and gave you some wishes, what laptop would you get? Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, I think we're all in agreement at this point because the framework is also the one I would go with next. I am a big fan of the Tuxedo computers and also the Star Lab. Starfighter looks fantastic. But the modularity of the framework, just it's so interesting as a concept. I have to play with it. So the next laptop mm -hmm. I get is going to be a framework as well. Awesome. But you know, something feels off about this whole segment like it's hmm. there, there's something <laughs> wrong about i think i know what you're saying because we're talking about hardware and we have 
a hardware addicts type of show on DL, but yeah. there's it feels like there's a component missing, right? Some, something really important is missing. Hmm. What could that be? Wendy, what is your take on all of this? Welcome to Hardware Addicts, a proud member of the Tux Digital Network. Wait a minute, we're not actually on Hardware Addicts. This is Destination Linux. Anyway, you guys are covering hardware, so I have to jump in with my two cents. There have been some really awesome laptops that you've covered, and to be fair, any laptop that's out the door with Linux is kind of a positive in my view, but Star Labs is definitely one of the top when it comes to these laptops you guys have talked about. 4K ISP display, 64 gigs of RAM. If only this thing had a discrete GPU, I could see it being a video editing and a photo editing powerhouse. Now they say it only has eight to 14 hours of battery life and they're usually pretty generous with battery life estimations. So you had a discrete GPU on top of that and it may not be as much of a powerhouse anymore. Though I really think that GPU option is the only thing this laptop is missing. A little scared to see the price, but I'm not gonna be buying one in the near future. The one I could actually see me purchasing is the Frameworks laptop, yes. It is a lot less spec-wise, only has 100% sRGB, but this would be a perfect laptop to get the kids through school. Think about it, you've got a laptop, that all you have to do is upgrade the pieces and they can have one system until they graduate. Maybe even after they graduate, if they continue to have different bits and pieces that will fit inside these frames. Absolutely love the Frameworks laptop. I love my desktop and for the exact same reason. I can upgrade the parts. I can have the system that I need to get the work done that I've got to do. And what's so nice about a laptop that can do this is as your needs change, as they're able to add other modules, maybe even a discrete GPU, maybe a better screen in the future. Totally awesome, and I would love to see this project continue. All right, go ahead and finish up Hardware Addicts, and we'll talk to you later. I mean, finish up Destination Linux. So how awesome was it to see Wendy jumping in on that segment? But I have to say something, as awesome as that was, and as much as I love Wendy's opinion on hardware addicts and stuff, I feel like her whole presentation was a little bit of a threat to us, Michael. Like <laughs> she had that rock tape on her shoulder, which I see UFC fighters use all of the time. And I think she was sending Aww. us a message about the sinister Wendy whole situation. And we made that shirt like yeah, the subtle <laughs> message. Yeah, yeah exactly. she was basically saying when I'm done with my segment, if you guys say any crap, I am capable of hurting you because I practice fighting. That, that's I'm just saying that's what it felt like. I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, your interpretation is pretty interesting. I think that there's uh, you know, there's a kernel of truth there. So I, I think there's probably oh. some, like where what else could that rock tape be than other than MMA threats? <laughs> MMA threats, yes. So basically, all I'm gonna say is amazing job, Wendy. The best video ever. Yes, such a good segment to throw to. You did perfectly. Don't beat us up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, Wendy, me and you need to stick together. We need to, yeah, pound these Wait, boys. What? Now, now Jill, has a, uh, Jill, you're being the tag team partner for Wendy. What's going yeah, on here? Next week, absolutely. Jill's going to have rock tape on her shoulder yeah. like a UFC fighter. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Awesome.
Well, if you want to be as awesome as Wendy and Jill, you need to have Bitwarden because this episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash tux. A password manager is software allows you to have peace of mind knowing your online accounts are safe and secure. Bitwarden provides you the tools to store all your passwords in a secure vault, auto-generate those passwords and usernames now for you. Because if they just do the passwords and a hacker has your username because you use the same one across everything, they got half the information they need. But now you can auto-generate usernames as well. And with Bitwarden, it will automatically fill in those passwords and usernames on login forms so you don't have to remember it all. You can access your data across many types of devices like your web browser, mobile devices, desktop applications, command line, whatever OS you use, you can use Bitwarden. Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end encryption before it ever leaves your device so you know you're the only person with access to your data. They have new features they're constantly adding, but the price has remained the same. It's free to get started, but if you just support this amazing project with their $10 per year premium, you're going to get a gigabyte of encrypted file stores, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator, and Priority Customer Support for $10 per year. Inflation per year. affecting everything? Not Bitwarden. It's still $10. Honestly, I would jump on that because this is just an amazing price for premium account that they have kept since we've been working with Bitwarden, kept that price the same. It's just incredible. Go to bitwarden.com slash tux. And we want to thank Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux. In the news this week, we're going to talk about an awesome piece of software that is Darktable because Darktable 4.0 has come out and it is a very massive update. There are so many different uh, new features that are being added to this particular uh, piece of software. And for those who are not familiar, it's basically a photography type of uh, application. You know what? Hey, Ryan, how about you explain what's happened in this latest release of Darktable? That's really interesting. You would pass it to me with all of the camera skills that I have. But, you know, as much as I want to talk about how awesome Darktable is and all the amazing things they've done with it, I'm kind of scared of Wendy and Jill now, so I'm going to pass it to you, Jill. Tell us about how awesome Darktable <laughs> is, Jill. Well, I don't use it on a daily basis like Wendy does. So she she is the expert. I, I do use it a little bit with my students in my animation class, but not, not to the extent, you know, Wendy is our expert, and she uses it on a daily basis, and I do not. That's a good point. We we did have Wendy join us earlier for the hardware side of things. Maybe we can have <laughs> her help us out on this particular topic as well. Thanks, Michael. Are you sure we're not on hardware addicts? Because it kind of feels like we're jumping into camera corner right now. So we're staying away from the hardware and going all software. In the news is Darktable 4.0. If you haven't heard of Darktable yet, it is an open source photography workflow application. It can take those super awesome raw images that your regular camera can make and even some smartphones, help you manipulate them and export them as different file types. Now the developers have been incredibly busy between releases. Almost 1,600 commits to Darktable plus raw speed, 586 pull requests have been handled, plus 123 issues have been closed. Now, one of my favorite features that has come to the new version of Darktable is in the exposure and color calibration modules that allows you to pick a target color or exposure using color picker tools. The best part is, is it doesn't have to be gray. Usually we'd use a handy tool like this, where you pick a 50% gray to help you have the right color 
and exposure calibration on your images. You don't have to have that anymore inside Darktable. They've also done some gamut sanitization. So this means the entire pipeline from the color calibration of your monitor through the changes you make on your images all the way to the output have a consistency. So if there's anything that is in an invalid input color range, it can be recovered in the least destructive fashion, making sure that your images are as clean and as perfectly colored as you need them to be. The highlight reconstruction module has also gotten a little bit of a facelift. It's taken details from non-clipped RGB channels and using them to help recover areas where there is clipping. This is really nice. Sometimes you want clipping as a artistic flair to it. And other times you really want all of those details. And this is an awesome way to try and help bring some of those details back in clipped areas of your images. The UI has got a complete and total revamp. And one of the ways that they've done that is has collapsible sections in certain modules. This is really nice. It helps you see what are additional features that you can use inside those modules and what are some that you don't necessarily need to look at if you don't have to. Two of those collapsible modules I've already talked about and they're in that exposure and color calibration section of this. There's been a whole bunch of performance stuff done, especially with OpenCL. I absolutely love OpenCL. It is part of my workflow in Darktable. If you don't know what that is, it makes it so your GPU is doing some of the work. It's picking up some of the load instead of it being all CPU bound. The downside of the Flatpak version of 4.0 that I've been playing with is I don't have an option to turn on OpenCL, but in my regular version, I use it all the time. It makes batch processing so much better. Make sure you're checking out Darktable, even if it's not the newest version of it. It's an amazing piece of software, really professional level. If you haven't checked out Darktable yet, 4.0 is a great place to jump in. If you're not all lit up on photography yet, I bet you are now. Back to the studio. So thank you again, Wendy, for coming on the show, bringing the heart of Hardware Addicts back. Again, it's an amazing podcast, mostly because of Wendy, 99%. 100% because of Wendy, because she had that fight tape on again. 100% <laughs> the podcast is good because of Wendy. She does Camera Corner every single episode of Hardware Addicts. At the end is Camera Corner, where Wendy goes into teaching people about professional photography. So if you've ever been interested in that, check it out. It's a really fun show. But Darktable is amazing. I don't utilize this on a regular basis, so I can't say a whole ton about it. But what I can say is I love that this exists because it allows the professional photographers to continue to do their work on Linux. And Wendy does 100% of her professional photography business on Linux because of the awesome work of people like Darktable that work on this project with 1,600 commits that they've done 586 pull requests and 123 issues closed. It's actively being worked on. It's a very important project and I'm so thankful we have it on Linux. Oh yeah, absolutely. This and all the other tools that are being made, made possible to be, to be able to do a creative on Linux is so fundamentally important. And I have, uh, I've not used Darktable that much. I've kind of played with it a little bit, 
but it is impressive like how much mm -hmm. uh, you can do with it. Even though I've, I'm kind of a beginner on the dark table side of it, I'm, st I'm still like, you know, astounded by all the great projects that, are ex that exist for creators like myself and still being able to be able to use it on Linux. And it's just fantastic. Yep. So the next game we're going to be talking about is one that we need to make a new DigitalOcean droplet of, and that is Zonotic. Yes. <laughs> you get to make Zenotic. another server. <laughs> yes, exactly. Great. <laughs> so Zonotic is one of the games we love to play with our community during our big events. Therefore, we need a Zonotic server <laughs> on yes. DigitalOcean. <laughs> Yet another so, ex another time, Ryan's going to send me a message like, hey, new droplet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In this case, Absolutely. In this, I, this I will be fun. This one. I approve yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, Zonotic is uh, an open source first person shooter, which is so much fun. And it has actually been five years since the last release. Wow. I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> so now Zonotic 0.8.5 is out with lots of features to enjoy and makes it much easier for me to kill Michael and Ryan in in-game. So that will help. What is with wow. the violence from the lady? Savage. First yeah. Wendy's <laughs> threats with her UFC fight tape, and now Jill killing us in video games? I don't know what's happening. There's just so much violence. It's crazy. <laughs> the, am the amount of savagery from Jill. Jill is really good at Zenotic, oh. though. I think Jill does fantastic at this game, and this is yeah. so much fun. I love mm -hmm. this game because when we first started playing it, I set up the server and people made this claim that I hacked the server in such a way to make it so that if anybody killed me, it automatically kicked them out of the game. That's totally not the case. I did not do that at all in, in this. I was completely fair and would not make settings that would do that. I feel like I just happened you to be are that good. implying that you did. The best part about this is that it, it seemed as though he was kicking everybody for um, killing him because he had so many points and everybody else was being kicked out. And then right before the game ended, it kicked him out and it was just glorious. Yeah, it was so perfect. Was awesome. <laughs> yeah, my, my weapon turned against me uh, there. <laughs> but uh, setting up a Zenotic server is not that difficult and it's so much fun. And this game is an absolute blast. If you played Unreal Tournament, it reminds me so much of Unreal oh, yes. Tournament. So if Absolutely. you want some nostalgia factor, but the fact this hasn't been updated in five years is amazing because it's so much fun. And I would have never have guessed that because we've, we've played it in a lot of our events and just had a blast with the community out there. And Jill happens to be pretty good at these games. Really good at Aww. these games, actually. <laughs> I, wish, yeah. I wish I could be better at the first person shooters. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not I'm not horrible, but I, yeah. Yeah, you're not a, you're not Michael's skill level, but no. <laughs> yeah, shooting with one I'm eye is kind of difficult okay. at times. But I do, you know, when I work at it, I do 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 okay with these games. And what's really cool is Zenotic Zero. 0.8.5, you know, has so many, you know, new features and new updates. There are new um, and updated maps and models, new sound effects, more dangerous bots, and a new menu and new a new heads up display, more oh, translations, nice. 
better infrastructure and just you'll just have to go to our show notes and take a look at the article yourself they also (laughs) now have support for mid-air combos which is great for me because it shows that i can show how much skill i have to all these mid-air combos and stuff your parkour skills can finally yes exactly and my parkour (laughs) skills in my xenotics gameplay i mean it's so great uh, also, they added a new uh, game type, which is for duels. Like you yeah. used to have to do a deathmatch and, and like maximize the player count and, at two, and so you wouldn't get too many people jumping in. And now you can actually do a dual game type, which is really cool because there are a lot of YouTube videos about people, you know, dueling each other. And there's even some commentary videos about those. And it's really interesting to see the skill level of Zenotic because uh, I don't consider myself a great player of Zenotic, but He's I terrible. I, I, I was I consider myself decent and better than Ryan yeah. for sure, but uh, when I watched these videos and I saw how skilled these people are, it's like oh wow, like I don't have a chance. Yeah. However, <laughs> one of those people is a friend of the show, and that is uh, he goes by the name Antibody. He's also on Team Zenotic, and I wanted to issue a challenge to Antibody Whoa. to uh, challenge uh, us in like a combination of three versus one and see if uh, I like it so it's all three of us versus just antibody yeah, yes yeah. exactly <laughs> he's still gonna whoop us <laughs> probably probably but I, we, I we will do a live stream shot. with this I love your yeah. throwing the gauntlet down I think I think Wendy with her fight tape and Jill talking about busting noses is giving you a little <laughs> bit of uh, encouragement there really step out and throw some challenges exactly. around Michael I, <laughs> I, I think it'd be great fun, and I think uh, hopefully Antibody would be uh, interested in him. He actually joined us in one of our game fests before, so mm-hmm. I know that we, we've played with him before, and um, I think that we have a slight chance to be destroyed, but a great <laughs> chance. It being entertaining. A great chance of it being entertaining. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. Aww. Well, one of the new features of this version is that the Vortex push force has actually been reduced from 400 to 200. So players no longer fly to the other side of the map when hit by a vortex shot. That used to annoy me because then you yeah. have to have to get up real quick and run to where you were if you want to, you know, for defense or, or offense or yep. shooting or whatever you want to do. So yeah, I love that they put <laughs> a lot of like anti, <laughs> I wouldn't say anti-cheat, but more focusing on skill level stuff. They're, they're trying to balance it yeah. out more, I think is the word I was looking for there because now there's you know not as much spawn killing that can go on because they made some changes with that. They, you now spawn with 100 armor points instead of zero, so people just can't sit at your spawn point and immediately take yeah. you out. So now you got to have <laughs> even more skill that we're going to have to try to fight antibody with. This is going to be a <laughs> slaughter. Like yeah. lambs to the slaughter. <laughs> Absolutely. So Zenotic is available in your distro's repository. So make sure to go check it out and, and join join us when we have a gameplay together on Destination Linux and the Text Digital Network. I know it's not actually in Steam, but I'm curious because Steam has a desktop a- aspect, if it was possible to play Zenotic in the Steam Deck, that would be very cool. Hmm. Uh, it would also be kind of dizzying a little bit because of how much movement there's going to be. Yeah. But I'm very curious about that. And uh, I might try it after the after the show with my Steam Deck. Oh! Whoa! Uh, <laughs> entered Whoa! the new age! <laughs> you <laughs> throw it down. You finally got yeah. it. You hit I that did, from all of us. Nobody I hit a Steam Deck. I waited. Um, I waited till the show to to show it off because I do have one now, and it and I it actually arrived on Friday. So I opened it 
and put took it out of the box and messed around with it before the show. Wow, look at oh, you. Awesome. He was keeping that a secret <laughs> from us. And actually, Zenotic works beautifully on the Steam Deck. That's where I played it as a flat pack. Awesome. Yay. Cool. So now when you come mm-hmm. to scale, if you come see Michael, <laughs> me, and Jill, we will all have Steam Decks that you could check out there. You can mess with Michael's. You can't touch mine. You can you can use Ryan's. He'll he'll be fine with it. It'll be great. In our software spotlight this week, we have Journable. 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 However you pronounce it. It's Journable. A simple bullet journal. Your digital notebook. Sometimes you just need something simple to keep you on task and on schedule. A lot of these apps that are trying to do organization and stuff for you, which is really important for work, personal life, all the things that we have going on in our lives, they're so complicated that it probably creates more anxiety to try to set them up to organize your life if you're just starting out than it would be to just leave things a mess. So that's why I love (laughs) things like Journable because it's a very simple concept. There's a calendar for your week there, Mm -hmm. like the old calendars people used to have on their desks. And you have bulleted list of items for each day that you can put in for things you want to accomplish. It's a very simple way of keeping track of what you need to do during the week and also keeping track of what you accomplish because that's just as important, being able to see the things that you're able to accomplish that week. So that's why I like simple tools like this because not everybody's at the level where they need a tool with AI and all this other stuff coming in and telling them what they need to do and points and all that stuff. Not everybody's there yet. So this is a really cool tool to check out, a digital notebook on Flatpak available as well, which makes it even more amazing because I love everything that's on Flatpak type of format. Yeah, Yeah, and this is a really interesting uh, application because you're talking about how it's a simple option for a bullet journal. And bullet journaling is really interesting as well. For those who haven't used that, I would suggest, you know, checking out some uh, YouTube videos about bullet journaling because it's very interesting. But to also have a simple, a, tr- a simple approach to getting started with it is just really cool because I've been doing note-taking apps for years and I have a very complicated setup. And I was talking to someone about my setup and when I showed it to them, they just said, okay, never mind, well, I'm, I'm out. And yeah. it was just because I showed them that I have like, hundreds of notes and hundreds of folders and you know that's a bit much when you're just getting started but that's over the course of many many years and i think this is a really good uh, option and i did play with it to check it out and it, it, for the bullet journaling aspect and getting started with a simple approach i think this is a great application so check out what was it yes and by the way, Michael, uh, everything you do is complicated. So that that story you gave of like, hey, if you, yeah. people ask me how I organize, Michael complicates everything. If you're like talking about Rocket League or something and be like, how do you play Rocket League better? He's got like 100,000 settings. And okay, you put your controller behind your head and then you flip it. Okay, this way. Like not nothing ridiculous. with him is simple. <laughs> everything is shoe on head like with Michael. So... <laughs> Trust uh, me on this one. Don't take his advice with stuff. It's not that it's not good. He does amazing stuff. It's just all complicated. It's all my complicated. My advice was to use journal. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> good. Yes, use journal. Blah, 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 blah. I have other things that I like as well for different things. But, you know, yeah. in terms of getting started, I think journal blah, 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 was a good option. Right. Well, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So I guess the next tip of the week, don't take my advice is what Ryan's saying. Oh. No, no, we take need to hear advice. about all your cron uh, tips and tricks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, okay, so now it's time to put everything we learned from the previous weeks 
about cron altogether. So first off, first week we talked about crontab-generator.org, which is a great way to auto-generate that uh, cron syntax. You're still going to be using that because basically, depending on how complicated you wanted to do it, this is just a much better way of doing that regardless. And today we're going to be uh, talking about scheduling auto-updates using cron. So Auto-updating syntax can be different depending on the distro. We're going to provide the command for Ubuntu in this example. So we have a very long command that's going to be in the show notes for full. So I'm not going to give you the full thing, but just for give you a context of why I'm not going to list it off, I'll just do a, a little bit of it. So it's zero space, zero space, asterisk, slash, 10 space, asterisk, space, asterisk, space, slash, USR, slash. It, you get the point. It's a lot to do, so we're not going to be giving you the full list. Just check out the show notes Good for the thing whole is, thing. The auto generator, all you have to do is pick the days that you want yeah. and then put in the commands, which what are you running? You're using a user bin apt update and a user bin apt upgrade, and you're going to just put those in the command section of your auto generator, and it's going to do all the star weird asterisk 10 stuff for you. So you don't even have to mess with that. You just need to know your commands for doing your update and upgrade. Exactly. And that's what that website we talked about in the first episode will help you do. And with this particular one we were talking about that you'll see in the show notes, this will run your cron job every 10 days at midnight. Or you can also modify it if you want to, if you don't you want to have it a different time zone. So like maybe if you uh, turn your computer off before then, you might want to run it before then. Uh, but to check on the status of your jobs, you can also look at the contents of cronupdates.log, or you can view the results in your var log folder. So we can we'll provide you with specific commands of how to do it in Debian and Fedora in the show notes, or being able to you know look for your var logs there. So, and also by the way, in the status, if you see an error about uh, MTA that's the mail transfer agent. You can install one of those if you want to, but it's not necessary unless you want cron to email you about actions that it's taken. Uh, but that's it. That's how you use cron. And now you have the ability to script auto updates for your system. There are other methods of doing system updates like Fedora has a built-in tool for DNF automatic, but uh, cron can be used for so many things. And that's just one example of many. And I hope you found this cron series helpful. And instead of, instead of yelling, Cron out, you can uh, out of frustration. I think you're ready to consider all of the cool oh, scripts gosh. that you can now construct. This is hardware <laughs> addicts because you're using those stupid dad joke things there that you always do on <laughs> hardware addicts. Oh my gosh! Well, I felt it, it needed to be all you know, bring it all together. You know, <laughs> to I love that our up. patrons are doing the symbol for the palm to face. Like you know, that's their reaction <laughs> to that right there. They were pretty good, Michael. Those are pretty good. Uh, all right. So as far as events go this week, Durhans of course hooks us up every week with the events going around. We have the twenty fifth Guadec which is in person or virtual July 20th through the 25th. So all these are coming up now real close. And that's in Guadalajara, Mexico. Look at that pronunciation. It's amazing. My skills there. Yes. We also have Nest with Fedora, which is virtual August 4th through the 6th. And guess what? Nest with Fedora. We are media partners with Fedora on this. How cool is that? We are going to yes. be media partners with Nest with Fedora. So you definitely want to get that on your calendar. August 4th. Through the 6th there, it's going to be an awesome event. Then we have Scale, which Michael, Jill, and myself are going to be there <laughs> in person 
So you want to be in person if you can. The event also has a virtual script. July 28th through the 31st in Los Angeles, California. You need to come visit, write this down, booth 901. We're going to be at booth 901, and you need to come get some awesome swag and prizes. Michael has been absolutely doing brilliant work. It's the one and only time you're going to hear me say this. No, I'm kidding. He's <laughs> he's really done just an amazing job with the banners and the artwork and some of the things that we're going to be giving away there. So we're putting so much into this, and we're sending it all to Jill, which now has to buy another car to handle all the stuff that we're sending her. <laughs> yes. um, but come to booth 901 <laughs> when you get to scale. That's where we're going to be at. And we really hope all of you can attend. But Jill also hooked us up because, yes. you know, <laughs> they have the whole Destination Linux fam coming. And that means we can give you all a promo code to save you some money as well. So Jill, yeah. tell them about that. Yeah, so for all our viewers and patrons who are attending scale, you can use the promo code Tux, capital T-U-X, on the first page of registration for 50% off of your scale admission. Awesome. So exciting. So we can share that with you and, and you guys all out there can come and meet us at our booth and, and heckle Michael and Ryan. <laughs> Whoa, heckle Michael and Ryan. Wow. That, that is one of the benefits to heckle Michael. Ryan, not so much. Heckle Ryan for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it would be awesome. Um, and, and hopefully if you're on another part of the country and you're like, man, you know, the cost of flying there, of course, it's worth it to go see Jill. Maybe not Ryan and Michael, but definitely Jill. Now you get 50% off your ticket, so there's no excuse not to spend $2,000 in an airplane ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's no excuse. But That's really, true. a huge thank you to Scale for not only hooking us up with a booth, but also hooking us up with this promo code for our community. They've just been awesome to work with. And a yeah. huge thanks to Jill for coordinating a lot of that for us. So thank you so much, Jill and Scale, yeah. for being such awesome partners there. We love Scale. Love. Yes. So a big thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us by watching or listening to Destination Linux slash Hardware Addicts. However you do it, we love your faces. <laughs> We're here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern live at tuxdigital.com slash live. And the best part, everyone is invited to watch the recording of Destination Linux each and every week. We can't wait to see you in the chat. And also be sure to check out the tuxdigital.com slash contribute. And that's where you can go to become a patron because we have our glorious patrons with us right now in the virtual stadium. And they're going to be hanging out with us for the patron only post show. And you also can watch unedited versions of the show if you are a patron. Maybe if you're not able to watch the live stream, that's okay. You can check out the full unedited version when you become a patron by going to tuxdigital.com slash contribute. And of course, like I said, the patron-only post show is a fun, awesome time that we do every single time after the show. And you, if you, might, you might not remember, but we have uh, something that Wendy will be mad at us if we don't talk about because we, we don't want to risk... That rock tape uh, MMA threat. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, we don't want the wrath of Wendy to come at us. So that so sinister Wendy merch is available right now at tuxdigital.com slash store. So check that out. You can get all greats of cool stuff in in the uh, collection for Sinister Wendy, as well as many other things. We have uh, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, coasters, and so much great stuff. But you go to tuxdigital.com slash store, including the uh, where Ryan is modeling the Hardware Addicts hat. And Jill has the 33% more Jill travel mug as there's so much great stuff. So check it out, tuxedo.com slash store. And make sure to check out all the wonderful shows here on Tux Digital. We have 
This Week in Linux, The Pseudo Show, The DOS Geek Channel, Hardware Addicts, woohoo, yeah. Linux Out Loud, GameSphere, and our virtual Linux user group, Linux Saloon. And make sure to head to textdigital.com and subscribe to all our great shows. And don't forget to leave a rating on your favorite app so others can discover the power of open source and keep those penguins marching and the full Monty of Linux and open source awesome sauce. Everybody, have a great week. Have a great great week. week. And remember that the journey itself, the journey itself is just, is just as. As, as important, important as the destination. As the destination. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. everyone. See you next week. <laughs>